Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 324 on Tuesday, the 28th of April, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And a week where one manufacturer thinks it's fine to allow the public to use a safety system that's in beta, we'll be looking at petrol prices with more than one eye open. We'll delve into accident data that shows the answer isn't a simple snappy headline. And Alan tells us how best to transport our Nissan Figaro's, is it Figaro's, around. It is. I meant to ask you that before we started. I should have done Yeah, that, that would have been slick and professional sounding. But uh, that's not us. So anyway, there is no follow-up this week, thankfully. But there is a quick bit about, or, or, or more to the point of raising to your attention, that there's a link in Autocar. I've got a, a great page that they keep updated of how the the global pandemic is affecting the car world including motorsport uh, and it's it's done by the day and they're keeping it updated with different things that happen and thoroughly recommend that you have a click through of the link in the show notes because there's some really interesting stuff going on uh, we talked about manufacturers that are helping to produce ppe and st- and um, ventilators because we know ford have got their factory on online and we saw, i saw a tweet the back end of last week that showed the first delivery of the ventilators yep. from that production line that we'd heard was being created in the in the factories or well, jaguar are doing their face visors uh, there's also uh, mention of uh, motorsport wise of the btcc is now gonna or is has changed their calendar to run from august to mid-november now with 27 races uh, over nine events they're going to be running on snow tires by the end of that yes they, yes they are and there's a fair amount of nighttime racing when it gets to mid-november but that's that's great that they've they've still tried to make that happen this is again it, it's all depending on uh measures of lockdown are relaxed or if they are relaxed uh so there's all this sort of uh stuff that's going on it, it really is uh, interesting things to, as well as factories that are beginning to make moves towards uh, opening up uh, and starting mm-hmm. to produce cars again you know they remember those things you remember they remember some sort of normality back in the day <laughs> i sit in one about once one once a week or, or something and i go Ooh, i remember driving these daily <laughs> uh, there's another story we'll link to in the show notes by the way and it's about the volkswagen's wolfberg plant Wolfsburg, even I can't even pronounce that tonight, which is reopening in a small sort of pilot way after it's shut down. What's interesting there is there's a there's a description about all of the just what they're trying to do and putting up screens and and not me letting shifts overlap and keeping distancing and stuff and and what they're trying to do. It, it's it's interesting from from just the measures that they're trying to take uh, there to to keep everyone as safe as as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the links for that will be in the show notes as well. Links for all our stories, as usual, are in the show notes. Can't <laughs> believe I just said that in a silly voice. Because even if I do it in a normal voice, you'll leave the silly voice version in. I will. The other thing we might have noticed, although. Probably not. Whilst we're all uh, tucked up at home and uh, not using our our motorised vehicles, uh, is that fuel prices have dropped significantly across the UK. Some, the AA, are declaring that people are being ripped off by this, Uh, and this is as a this is partly as a result that oil prices have dropped. Uh, And there was a big headline last week about 
And I almost put this into the show last week and decided, no, it's not automotive enough. I'm going to leave it. And this was that that certain types of oil had gone negative in that there were specifically U.S. So some of the U.S., uh, southern U.S. oil, they basically had been overproducing for far too long. And then all of a sudden there was a drop in consumption and they had nowhere to store it. So what they were trying to do was just get people to dig it off their hands and therefore they were paying them because that was cheaper than anything else whilst they tried to shut the plants down because you can't just turn off a switch. It's worth mentioning, and I'm going to go into this in the context. I'm going to give more context because I think that's important to these next stories that we saw things about people paying, you know, they're paying cents per, per barrel for people to take it away from them. And what people need to understand, first of all, is that there are different grades of oil available on the the commodities markets, depending on where in the world that comes from. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the stuff from the southern USA is particularly low grade. It's cheap oil anyway. Yeah. Different, you know, Arabian is, is, you know, Arabian and where it comes from in Saudi and stuff is all, uh, and the Middle East all depends. The the amount that's paid is is depends on on each of those, uh, and how much ref- it's essentially down to how much refinement is needed before it's usable. Now the thing is that the best oil in the world is Brent crude, and I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to be all pro-British, but the best and most expensive oil is Brent crude. Brent crude did not drop in the way that some of these other US oils did. And the vast majority of the oil that we use here in the UK is, you know, our dino juice from under the North Sea. At the start of this, those headline numbers that people cottoned on to and were on about how cheap oil is didn't, even that at that point, even at coming out of the well, those numbers in no way applied to Brent crude, which makes up the majority of oil that we consume here in the UK for any purpose. Mm-hmm. And I say that before we get on to petrol prices, where people saw this, oh, we should be being paid to fill up our cars. <laughs> Route one of all of this is that the petrol price, the price of Brent crude did not drop as much as the oil from from other places, which is where you saw that amazing graph of it going wiggle, wiggle, wiggle up, 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 plunk, and then sort of down below, down below the 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 x-axis on the graph. Yeah. So that's part one. I will cease my rant and let Andrew take over for part two. Yes. Well, one of those most doing the shouty, jumpy, uppy, downy was the AA, who are beginning to gain a bit of a reputation for being uh, attention-seeking so-and-sos rather than thinking through the problem. For example, I like the way that Mr King uh, has decided that he knows how much um, petrol price should be and how much of a markup uh, independent uh, forecourt should take which uh, I think is a, is an interesting tactic when I think he needs to worry about his own business first uh, in these, in these uh, difficult times. But uh, so many people, as Alan said there, so many people saw the price went down and think all oil is equal when it is not. And therefore, a couple of days after that price happened, irrespective of whether it was the right type of oil or not, to then say, why are we not seeing massive drops in petrol prices is... I'm going to be kind 
and say perhaps they weren't fully understanding of how petrol forecourts and the refinery business and industry works as in time scales hmm. i think phase phase number one in this is that is that the tanks at the petrol stations which are sitting there with fuel in them which they're not really selling were bought the fuel that was in there was bought at the higher rate exactly well there's there's a 76 to 80 percent drop in traffic Mm. on UK roads at the moment. Therefore, just translate that to how many people are buying petrol. Not very many. Therefore, they are, are have the stocks of a of an older price in their tanks for longer that they can't just write off because yeah, sorry, petrol, just pour it down the drain. Petrol, that's well, yeah, that's petrol. it. Yeah, mm. that doesn't matter. Petrol uh, and and uh, petrol forecourts run at such small mar- margins on the fuel, which is why each one of them's got a mini supermarket in there and charges you you know as much as they charge for a pint of milk and all the rest of it because that's where they really make their money and they're missing out on that as well because people are trying to avoid going to many places to do their food shops i know i am for an organization such as the aa i was incredibly angry that they decided they would jump up and down and say that petrol sellers should be happy with a margin of 9p a litre how dare Mm. they how dare they come in and say what petrol forecourt should be doing at this stage when they're desperately just battling to exist right mm-hmm. now let alone think well hang on the oil price has dropped oh people may look at us a bit funny even though we can't drop you know, forget all that how dare you? you get back in your little box and you shut up because there, there is no need for that at this time because everyone is under pressure here everybody who sells anything is under massive pressure either they can't sell anything or they are selling significantly less than they could before so stop harping on and telling people they're being ripped off because that is helping no one or you do, it's almost inciting that is it's almost inciting when you are choosing to ignore the full facts of a nuanced problem i told you i was gonna be cross about it I, you did. I was warned. I, I'm, I'm actually. I've impressed. had several days to calm down. Yeah, I, I'm actually impressed that that went on as long as it did. If you want a slightly more nuanced view on that, uh, then there is a really good article on uh, motor research by uh, by Gavin Braith- Braithwaite Smith. Yes, the RAC have taken a slightly more realistic and adult, grown up. <laughs> I was view trying to close this. that one down. I failed. <laughs> yes. So please do read through that that article as well, so you get a, a full feeling of exactly what what a what a um a forecourt is going through mm-hmm. at this moment yeah, in time. Exactly, exactly. Tough, tough, yeah, it's tough price out there, and they're meant to stay open too, and yep. their insurance doesn't go down, and their electricity bills don't go down, and well, not by much. Still having to pay staff wages and exactly business yep. rate, everything, all the sort of stuff that a business has to do, and they and they're struggling. Right. So tell us, speaking of struggling, but not for any of those reasons, uh, do you want to tell us about classic car auction house Coys then? Coys of Kensington Automobiles, and I'm being very clear here because it's a subsidiary, uh, has gone into administration and uh, they've had quite a 12 months, to be fair, (laughs) of ups and, well, more downs, really. A fair number of downs in there. Yes. Um, they they are doing what is called a director-led administration, apparently, whatever one of those is. I presume they just haven't brought in a specific administration company 
mm-hmm. they're just following the rules that must be uh, fulfilled. They have to. Uh, they are doing an investigation into the company's position. I'm quoting here from the Telegraph article of Alistair Heath of City Press, and they uh, whoa, will report. Whoa, whoa. No, no, hang on. It says I'm Andrew English at the top. The the quote I'm taking is from oh, it's Alistair a Heath of Pardon me. Uh, City Sorry. Press. I was just making sure we attributed the article Andrew correctly. English's Telegraph article. Yes, sorry. Uh, they've also, um, they, so they've said uh, via Alistair Heath that they are starting an investigation into the company's position and will issue a report within the eight weeks of appointment. They didn't, couldn't give any more details than that. When they ceased trading with debts of 1.65 million, some of the creditors included 33 people who'd sold their cars the previous December uh, and were and- still owed monies. <laughs> so that, they're going to be wanting it for the cars. I yeah, I I heard that they were, I, and this was very much grapevine, and it could be complete guff. But I'd heard that they were being offered a very small amount per in the pound, um, for for the amount that was outstanding to them. Yeah, uh, things like uh, April last year. Uh, director Christopher Routledge was escorted out of his company's auction at the Techno Classica car show in uh, Germany to be questioned about alleged non-payments for a car previously sold by them. The amount was then paid and Routledge was released. So there's, they've had issues for quite a while mm-hmm. through one uh, one way or another. So we'll, be, we'll have to watch this one with care to see what happens. I think the lawyers are going to be the ones who win really in this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably always is. In theory, they've got uh, an auction scheduled for July the 11th at Blenheim Palace, which is still showing on their website. Okay, so uh, it's not officially <laughs> been cancelled yet. So uh, let's. So yeah, right. Talking of uh, non-payments, but this is in an agreed way. <laughs> Car finance companies uh, have been forced by the Financial Conduct Authority to to offer three month payment freezes. Uh, you know, should they have trouble meeting their meeting their car payments? Should they should they wish to take a payment freeze and extend out their agreements by another by another three months? Uh, then they can. So this is anyone with a PCP or a PC8 car finance plan. You can re- request that. You are still allowed to use your car during the payment freeze. Uh, so nobody should tell you that you can't, uh, and there shouldn't be any other strings attached. Yeah, they they're, they shouldn't be recalculations, should they? Yeah, so there shouldn't be recalculations of bloom payments due to coronavirus-related falls in used cars values, and it shouldn't affect their credit rating either. No, no, no credit rating affecting or or anything like that. Yes. Um. Yeah. So that's a really good thing from the financial conduct authority. I think. I yeah. Think good that. and sensible move because mm-hmm. there seems to be lots of people stressing about this, understandably understandably stressing about it. Uh, Well, going the absolute other end of that, there is research by Autotrader who has said that consumers are set to abandon public transport as a result of COVID-19. Can I clarify something, please, Andrew, before you finish this? Oh, yeah. That's Autotrader, the website that sells new and used cars, yes? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make make certain we were talking about the same Autotrader. Yeah, that that Autotrader who has done some research to say that people are going to go and buy cars. Do do you think that that will actually affect... It's actually, there's an interest. So whilst on on the other hand, I'm saying, well, that's a great incitement for people to advertise their cars somewhere, anywhere, 
possibly auto trader. But there is quite an interesting point in there about people will probably move away from public transport as a result of of virus related fears. I think there's a there's a couple of things on on this that um, need to leap up. Yeah, there's the one immediate cynical stance i took funnily enough everybody i know you're mm-hmm. surprised at that that the website that likes to sell cars is i am trying to stop him are, repeating what he's already done about the aa that pe- people the, the show, are, so. that people will go and buy cars uh ignoring that but yeah quite how much people will avoid public transport i don't i i don't know because nobody knows because also what we have to add into that is as as that last article the, the last article we were talking about makes clear mm-hmm. you know people are feeling a financial pain right now a lot of people are struggling money wise across this country so i am very surprised when i keep hearing the oh people are just waiting to go out and buy cars and etc cetera, etc cetera. maybe one maybe some people are Maybe some people really are, and they are in a position to be able to take advantage of that. But I think that number is a lot less than it was before we got into lockdown and people were furloughed and stuff like that. I think it's going to take us a while to recover from that whenever measures of lockdown are eased, ended, mm-hmm. released, whatever the whatever it is that happens. But whenever normal, in inverted commas, <laughs> comes back... And maybe it's a new normal. Who knows? But equally, I think that there's there were so many people that were using public transport anyway who who couldn't use alternatives, who did who couldn't afford to buy a car. I fear that a certain amount of this is is London centric. Yeah, I think that we may see a rise, for example, of people commuting into London, but that's actually going to be a very small percentage of the number of commuters that there are. I think that maybe people will decide not to travel as much. Yes. I don't want to get into analysing it too much because we try to steer a little bit away from, from COVID-related news. Otherwise, it would just be an hour of that, and we don't want to listen to that, so we don't see why you should. <laughs> so, well, that's essentially... Sorry, that's the reasoning in my mind as to why we don't cover every COVID story that's no, no, going exactly. in the automotive yeah. thing. We'd rather have a shorter show. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think again, there are many factors here. People might decide to do other things. Some there may be a, a an uptick at the lower end of the car market because some people might decide that actually they'll buy a car again and that maybe they don't want to spend as much time on the train. Alternative, they could decide if that maybe they don't need to travel into London. Their employers don't want them to travel. I say into London, but to commute anywhere like that. And and we we just need to wait and see. I, I think it's 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 a brave statement to say that people are going to be going out and buying cars as a result of it. However, they have published their research methodology. It is based on about over just over a thousand participants and stuff. So per set of questions, there's three. There's mm-hmm. three. They've amalgamated three sets of questionnaires. Yeah. So uh, it's you know there's there's let's just see what happens. Yeah. There's I th- I think we we can. We can reasonably confidently say that there will be societal changes to how big those are across transport, economics, work, mm-hmm. home, life. Who knows? But uh, and that's that's where we're at. This that's what this is trying to predict now, and that's that's way that's way above our pay grade to try and do that. <laughs> I'll tell you where there has been a big change, though, Andrew. Where's that then? 
there's been a big change in the Isle of Man. Okay. So Isle of Man, where normally outside of uh, outside of towns and villages, there is no speed limit, uh, has implemented an all-island maximum speed limit of 40 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 and 20 limits remain as they were, but temporarily they are have put in place a, a particularly low speed limit. I've never been to the Isle of Man. Have you been to the Isle of Man? No, I've not been to the Isle of Man. No. Normally you only see film of the roads of the Isle of Man where there are motorcycles or cars going at quite ridiculous speeds. Doing a gazillionty billionty miles an hour. <laughs> As ever, to try and keep the, the impact down on... on L services and all the other things and try and basically keep as many people away as possible as far away from 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 hospital uh, who could otherwise avoid being there then they've introduced 40 mile an hour speed limit across the whole island i don't even know if you can get to the isle of man at the minute um i think there's the ferry yeah i assume it's still running because they still need freight and stuff uh or there may be the plane yeah they had to change because flyby was the provider but that obviously disappeared just before all this happened. Mm-hmm. My concern is that if increasing numbers of people go take to the road for non-essential journeys, which seems to be creeping back in from some stuff I've heard anecdotally that there are figures suggesting mm-hmm. that more people are taking to the road. I mean, I, I particularly congratulate the half a dozen sports bikes that were doing essential journey altogether as they went through the entire rev range going out of town Yes, I, uh, not yesterday, Sunday. That was a particularly, it must have been such a rush to get wherever they were going. Uh, and today I heard a couple today and it's been chucking it down and it's been dry as a bone here for four weeks. So the roads would be greasy as anything. I don't know because it's been so cold and wet here. I've had the windows shut and I've not been outside my front door all day. No, but so. my, my fear is that the government will go, right, you're not listening. We are going to have to give yep. you a reduced speed limit because you're going to put too much pressure. So please, I know everyone who listens to us doesn't do this, but mm-hmm. just remind friends and family. Preaching to the perverted, Andrew. Yes, remind friends and family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, talking speak, of accidents. having just said that, talking of accidents and talking of, <laughs> and talking of lowered speed limits, uh, do you want to tell us, about, tell us that most accidents happen on slower roads, Andrew? I'd love to. There was research done by... Uh, company called choose my car i think they must be because i'm reading this article via gavin braithwaite smith on motoring research yeah possibly it, it doesn't it's i uh, i think that they've been collated by choose my car I believe they're government no the 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 t-junctions are where the research comes in because i thought they were based on the government figures they are there there is i think i think there was a freedom of information request or something along mm. those lines that got the information from uh, 2018 to drill down more into the detail of where accidents happen and it turns out the vast majority of road accidents happen on roads that have a speed limit of 30 mile an hour or less but statistically uh, the most amount of fatalities actually happen on faster roads. Mm-hmm. This is sorry. I went. Uh, I, I had a an, an afternoon meeting just before all this started, in, in which in which this was one of the things that was discussed. Actually, <laughs> my, my, myself and a, a, and a group of other people, strangers, uh, had a, 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 a an afternoon of of discussing this sort of thing. And and these these exactly the same, not the exact numbers, 
but exactly the same trends were were discussed. Yeah, and uh, what I, I've taken away from all this, and because this is actually quite a good article with quite a lot of uh, detail in a, in a very simple um, a simple table, but it does does run through a lot of stuff and is quite interesting. What I've taken away from this is that the accident issue is not a simple speed is the issue headline and that will fix everything as we all suspected stroke new mm-hmm. so uh, once again this is a nuanced issue because why why are more people bumping into each other at 30 mile an hour or less you'd think they'd be safer if everything was to be believed that you know speed is the major factor in all accidents etc cetera, etc cetera, that we keep being told over and over again and i think possibly and there, there isn't actually a line uh, in this chart for it, but I think possibly that what it means is idiocy is the major reason that accidents happen. Yes. <laughs> but that's not a sexy headline to put in the paper or a narrative to No, and it's very about. hard to say, don't be an idiot. Yes. Um, because you would kind of hope people aren't being an idiot anyway, and although, to, you know, there's overwhelming, <laughs> overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Um, but, yeah, that, that seems to be the case, especially the person in that three series with M3 alloys anyway, which is upside down uh, and is the main, main image there. That's the second image. Oh, I'm sorry. Just one thing to point out. Uh, check, your, because... check your tire tread, tread, tread depths as well. Oh, yes. Uh, I saw that picture today. Uh, hmm. One thing, uh, Edward Lamb, who uh, follows me on Twitter when I retweeted this article, made a made quite a, a good point. He said, we shouldn't be saying accident, by the way, for um, these issues, that it's incidents or collisions. It's not mm-hmm. an accident because accident... The police don't use this, and I think because accident implies that no one was at fault. Yeah. Um, the, the, and, and it should the, be noted that, uh, that Edwards made this point on the Motor and Research article, and Richard Orcock, uh, who we all know is the head honcho at Motor and Research, has acknowledged that and said, oh, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. So it's incidents and collisions. Yep. Felt very hot fuzz there. <laughs> that was a bit. <laughs> you old little man. Uh, Which brings us to a guilt minute, Uh, or what is traditionally guilt minute? New normal, Alan, new normal. New normal, (laughs) new normal. Well, it is a minute. Uh, So just to remind everyone that uh, the May payment, uh, which would normally come out next Monday, I think, second of the month. Uh, It's first or second, it comes from you, and normally it hits me in about the fifth. Then uh, it's not going to come out. Anyway, there's enough other stuff for people to to concentrate on and to to put their cash towards uh, that supporting two blokes talking about cars uh, really isn't maybe helping auto important. trader. Yes, <laughs> survive. Um, <laughs> auto trader is probably just fine actually. Um, if you do feel that you've got a cash burning a hole in the pocket, then please donate the amount that you would have given to us to a relevant charity. If you're stuck for a charity, then we can recommend the Mission Motorsport COVID-19 Response Fund. Uh, Mission Motorsport, uh, as I've been saying each week, is trying to put into place the framework they need to support their beneficiaries remotely and to enable the community and camaraderie that they foster so well in person to take place online. They, for example, have used some of this to start a podcast, of all things. Yes. Who would do that kind of thing? Lunatic would. Only I think just about everyone's starting a podcast at the minute. I think we I think we should start one. Yes, maybe think about it. <laughs> anyway, there is a link in our show notes uh, that you can use to find out more and to donate. Absolutely. Yep. 
Uh, no motorsport news this week, really. No, no there isn't any. No, motorsport There's news still this week. so many online uh, racing leagues going. The the um, the world the GT World Series started last weekend, and uh, that was um, that was really tough for some of the races because i saw some of the names i expected to be at the pointy end and they weren't and stuff so there's loads of stuff online twitch youtube mm-hmm. mixer they are your places of choice to go and visit and you will find lots of you will find something that will fit pretty much every motoring need yes even if that need is 4 30 or whatever whenever he does it during the week is is watching alex goy's lap a track yep which is the only time i've ever clicked on the twitch link i think it was just the other afternoon. It was like, oh, okay, there's Alex. Look, he's driving in circles. Oh, I better get back to work. <laughs> That's kind of how it went. Sorry, Alex. But there is lots of other stuff out there, and uh, the car manufacturers via their blogs and stuff are putting out lots and lots of interesting content, even if it is just being able to color in a GI Yaris. Drink. Uh, but, Drink. But Porsche have be put out a a series, and in this, the one that they released this week... Uh, Richard Tipper of Perfection Valley. Yep. Is that right? At yeah. Perfection Valley on Twitter is what his handle is. And he knows a thing or two about cars. If you can imagine a very highly priced super collector car that we would all wish to have a little stroke of, you can bet that Richard is intimate with its dirtiest, grubbiest little parts. Uh, and they are no longer dirty and grubby. Wow. Okay. Um, I'd like to apologise to Richard Tipper for Alan's introduction there. I think, yeah, but he, you know, he's he he is he is quite quite exceptionally good. Uh, this this guide I think is great for a start. It um, guides you how, through how to make an Alcantara steering wheel look nice and new again, which are definitely tips that I'll be stealing whenever we get um, Johnny the Yaris back with his his new his new engine um, because his despite the fact that I have a no crisps rule in my cars. Because what happens is I get my hands greasy and then I'd wipe them on like the seats and stuff, oh, my trousers, um, and especially not with a suede steering wheel. Then, um, then yeah, it, it seems to still be all matted down. You yeah. try not to sweat and stuff, and this is hard. So yeah, Alcantara steering wheels are a killer. But there's lots of guidance on cleaning the interior, cleaning wheels, just overall washing the car, polishing. There's loads. It's a great long article. It's yep. really good. Do have a little bit of a read if you are a if you are a, a a detailing person and you love cleaning your cars. Yeah, because it's whilst it is from Porsche and they do obviously lean on specific aspects of Porsche vehicles. There's stuff in there for all of us. Oh, it, it applies to any car ever, really. Yeah. Well, our list of the week is it's almost as though it could have been written for just you and me, Alan, to pour mm. over uh, from from Gareth. Herinks for the Admiral website. Uh, he has created a top 10 of the best looking classic estate cars list. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to run through them all, but my word, some of them there have been owned by special people. I'm not going to mention the scimitar, but there are some absolutely gorgeous vehicles <laughs> in there. Pretty much all of them I'd happily have. There's, 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 Two I have memories of. Okay. And I'm only going to mention one. Mm-hmm. And that's because uh, Major Gav again, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and he put out his W123 video during oh, the yeah. week. And I realized how many silly W123 stories and memories and 
dumbness that I that I have stored up in my mind about them. And, and the W123 is, is in here. My, my dad had one. It was the first one of our cars that I remembered the number plate of, mm-hmm. which was A879UUV. It's a London registered one. Uh, and it was red with black MB text. And that was when I learned that MB text is a terrible thing when you're only about five years old and you're wearing shorts in the summer. Because black MB text <laughs> is hotter than the surface of the sun on your tiny wee legs. Um, yeah, lots of lots of stuff like, like that. So silly things and, and just, just yeah. The, yep. the, the really very cool cars. Mm-hmm. Well, that... Then, then if you're if you're going to mention that, then I'll mention the Citroen CX Safari, because mm-hmm. my old man had one in uh, metallic blue, and it was a superbly fantastic vehicle to to sit in the back of. Mm-hmm. We had the, the ours was a two hundred T. Okay. In red with the the wheel trims, and the wheel trims even at the time, even in the mid 80s were about 200 pounds ago because of course they were painted and everything Ooh, wow and my mom lost one and then had to buy a replacement and then she was on um uh george street in edinburgh people know george street's right in the center of edinburgh up on the sort of the, the in, in the new town there she went round and round about and she could just hear this clank, 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 and saw one running just stopped the car jumped out ran over and picked up the wheel trim again because there was no way she was spending another <laughs> 200 pounds another, on another wheel trim so uh, gav was going on about how he much prefers the the wheel trims than alloys on a on a one two three and i, I agree with him completely to be honest right no excellent list though do go through I, I'm sure our listeners will be in favour of all, if not if very nearly, if not all of those vehicles. The other one there that we have is an E30. Yes, I love that. There's still plenty more that we haven't mentioned, people who complain that we go through the whole list. Right, Alan, can you um, tell me what's the best way in which to transport my little Nissan that's based on a Micra? Uh, it's actually based on a March because it's a Japanese model, you see. Ah, okay. Yeah. There's an excellent article, by the way, about roof racks on Haggerty uh, in the US. So it's very much a US-centric uh, centric article. And it goes through, you know, why you might need a roof rack and what you want to look for with a roof rack, depending on what you're doing and, and the different, different bits and pieces. But what caught my eye on this wasn't the fact that I need a roof rack, because I, I was going to say I don't. I do sometimes, because I use it for carrying bacon. Um, well, you know, we're allowed out. And uh, it was the pictures that go along with this, which are fantastic, because it was a chap wanted a roof rack on his Hummer H1. And he's got a Hummer H1, it says H1 wagon, which is like just, you know, sort of estate version. It just looks super uh, though in that colour. It looks great. It, by the way, and it's not often you'll ever hear me say this, it looks awesome. And what he wanted was he wanted a Predator search and rescue roof rack for it, which goes the full length uh, of it. And you could just, it looks like you can mount just about anything. But according to the manufacturers, according to Predator, the rack had a capacity of 2,000 pounds, which is one point something tons to those of us who work in, in proper proper values, SI units. The next, they didn't have 80 gold bricks lying around, they said. <laughs> so what they did was they chose the next heaviest thing they did have that was actually going to fit on it, just. And that happened to be the other vehicle. 
<laughs> another vehicle uh, which is part of the Hummer owner's stable, and um, that's a Nissan Figaro. <laughs> so one way or another, and sort of having having sort of flatbed tow trucks and difference in height across you know loading bays and stuff, they managed to get the bed of the truck with the Figaro on up so that they could they could line up and they could drive the Figaro onto the roof rack. Yeah, after on you, top Professor. of the Hummer. <laughs> uh, well, that was it. They were terrified. So, if you look in the pictures, it's strapped onto it, front and rear. Um, it's like strapped down onto the onto the extremities of the roof rack. And I bet if you look really closely, you can see the driver still sat in the Figaro with his hands clung on. <laughs> well, that no, that's exactly what it says in the article. I don't know if you read it. No, they actually they kept someone in the thing so that when it was moving around, they were sitting there with the brakes on as well as yet another sort of don't don't let this move, don't let this fall off. This is going to be really bad. But the pictures they got as a result of that are absolutely fantastic. It's well worth. It. It's an interesting article about roof racks. It's a fantastic looking Humvee. Oh, it is. The colour is gorgeous. Um, and it uh yeah, and it, it's it's just really cool and unexpected and, and it's it's a really nice article. Yep. And just a bit of fun. And it looks great. Oh, they said it didn't uh, you couldn't really notice the difference when you were driving the Hummer. <laughs> although they were driving it very slowly and carefully. <laughs> so they could take pictures. But they said, you know, even just sitting in it, it didn't feel any different, really. <laughs> I thought that was a fun I think that find. explains the dynamics the of the Hummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so so yeah, yeah, I've wanted that for a couple of weeks. I now have to find a new pet. And finally, that I won't be allowed to include. Parish notes, lots in here. You zoom zoomed. Yes, well, there's a, a little group of, of of folk from motorsport. From so there's some motorsport folk. There's some sort of cari folk, uh, folk like our mate uh, Rich Gooding, uh, Ian Cook. Uh, motorsport end there's, there's uh, not this week but there's there's normally Charlie Martin uh, there's um, yeah there's there's loads of folk and, and I'm sorry if I haven't included you uh, Lewis Kingston all sorts of, sort of fun folk with sort of interesting stories uh, and me for some reason um, uh, and we started kind of doing a live stream uh, on Monday evenings at 8pm uh, there's gonna be this week for reasons of YouTube technicalities uh, and account authorization, we couldn't stream to YouTube. Uh, so it was only on Facebook. So if you go and you search for the Zoom Zoomers on Facebook, I should really give Andrew a link uh, that we can put in the show notes. It'll be there and you can watch and, and listen. And, and there's there's lots of chat about all sorts of bits and pieces mm-hmm. and different people's voices. Uh, so if you're interested in that, it's exactly an hour long. Okay, good one. Damien Cross, who's organised it, is really strict on that. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> Andrew, you inadvertently wrote a wrote an article for the site. In fact, you wrote 15 threaded posts, 15 threaded tweets. I think that's my first article for the site. It, it, I think so, yeah. Uh, your fifth, yeah, first written one. 15 threaded tweets, which I then used thread did reader the, to turn into one thing. thing and copied and pasted them in. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yes, but if you'd so. said to me, "I want 250 words, please do it," I'd, I'd have struggled. You'd written more than that. I know, I'd have really struggled, not. but th- because I did it on Twitter, it was fine. <laughs> so the next time I want some, him to write, or he wants to write a blog, expect a long thread of tweets uh, before we get that. 
Yeah, but there should. It was the uh, podcast that we are we were recommending because um, we only put a, a mm. snippet of. Them oh, sorry, out yeah, I should really tell you what last it was, week. Yeah. Uh, but there's actually an article now um, that you can learn a little bit more about the each of the podcasts uh, and fo- where to follow those people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But yes, and uh, if uh, thank you to everybody who has uh, put forward suggestions to be added to that. There's things like smoking tire. Uh, and stuff like that has been... Was it not in there? It wow. wasn't in okay. there, I realised. You like me, I'm going to have to revise the... Um, I'm going to have to revise the, the YouTube one, because yeah. there were loads I missed there as well. Yeah. So if there's if there's any uh, out there that you listen to that you think I've forgotten, because I've also uh, forgot the Autonocast, I realised myself, uh, which is outrageous. It's, it's as soon as you say these things, it's like, oh, it's so obvious that I forgot yeah. to mention them. Yeah. But but if anybody but, out there thinks I've missed anybody off or somebody I should, uh, if I haven't heard of them, should give them a try, then please do tweet me about them and I'll uh, I'll give them a whiz. And if I feel they're up to snuff, I will include them in the revised list when I revise and do another 27 tweets in a thread. It's high thread. <laughs> or you could just, yeah. Just, yeah just but I may just add to article. the same post, yes. <laughs> Uh, there should be a special edition out this Friday. Uh, I had a really interesting chat yesterday with a guy called Adam Don Francesco, uh, who did a lot of work on the engineering for the Callum Van. Uh, the uh, I don't have the hang. The, it's got a long name, but it's essentially the uh, Vanquish Twenty Five by Callum. Uh, you probably saw the prototype of that being shown off last September. Well, there's 25 of them available. That was his first project after leaving Jaguar, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. it was, yeah, Ian Callum's first project. It yes. Sorry, Ian Callum's first project. It wasn't Adam's first no, project. No, no, no. Ian Callum's first project after leaving Jaguar. Yeah, for our Reforge. So we'll talk about that and we'll probably have to speak to him again soon as well. So that's special edition Friday. What else is there? Oh, yeah, rear view. If you haven't suggested people for Andrew for his list of badgering, in which point I will be badgering him to badger more than two people at a time. Uh, and if there's anything, anybody that you think should really be a guest, uh, then then do get in touch with him and, and poke him. The more pokes Andrew gets, then the further up the list people go. Yes. To an extent. Yeah. And if you do fancy or you've never listened to Rearview, uh, then we this week we're going to recommend episode 49 with television's Paul Cowland, mm-hmm. uh, who you can see on your tellies on a Wednesday night at 9pm on Salvage Hunter's Classic Cars. Yep. That was recorded before Salvage Hunter's Classic Cars, wasn't it? It, uh, it was, I think it was after the first series. Mm. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think it, the first okay. series was possibly airing as I met. Anyway, Paul, great supporter. Yep. Thank you, listener, etc. I got to go around his workshop. It was ace. How, yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, no, I haven't done that. That was on my week where I escaped from the house. <laughs> Not been allowed out since. <laughs> Could you remember that was over two years house? ago. <laughs> uh. Anyway, everyone, whilst we think about leaving the house, don't forget that between now and next week you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts of the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, please don't forget uh, about uh, donating what you would have donated to Patreon to a charity uh, that is close to your heart. Uh, but we would ask that you please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts uh, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. 
Uh, Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know how the colouring in of the GRMN Yaris is going, what's the best oh, way for them to get in touch in with so you? so much trouble. It's the GR Yaris. Oh, was it the GR? I, I got, yeah. yes. Yes, yes. I got Apologies to at everyone point. at Toyota who I have just offended for not getting that yes. right. But uh, I don't so need it, to know these things because Alan knows everything. It's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so true. Uh, yeah, it's coming along quite quite nicely. Uh, I will post a picture when I'm done at some point, maybe before bedtime. Uh, well, the best way uh, to do that is on uh, Twitter where I'm at AJP Bradley we'll be back soon but until then i've been alan bradley i've been andrew clues and safe staying home